Hello, friends and neighbors. This is CC Broadus on an international edition of the Auxiliary Gate podcast as we span the globe, bringing you the best in horse racing technology. I want to introduce my co host, Alan Schneider, who's calling us from Destin, Florida. Yeah, hello, guys. We're here on the Emerald Coast drinking coffee and overlooking the ocean in this, on this special Sunday. Intercoastal, intercontinental, transit, interatlantic version of the Auxiliary Gate podcast. How are you doing, sir? Excellent. And then, making his triumphant return to the Auxiliary Gate podcast, he is now in the process of invading Grenada. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's Brandon Jagger. Sitting on the beach of Calabash Resort in Grenada. Now we want to we want to point out Brandon Jaggers is officially uh, in the program. Now he's listed as a uh, as as married. Uh, <laughs> his wife recently earned a 101 buyer in their wedding. Uh, Brandon only received a 79. He he broke slow and passed tiring rivals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I got my blinkers sir, on this time. Yeah, thank you guys. So how's how's things in Grenada? She has enjoyed the honeymoon thoroughly. Uh, we've gotten through the quarantines, the multiple COVID tests, and uh, the trip outside the resort. So we, we, we are doing great. We're going to sail the ocean today. It's a little overcast down here today, but uh, I think it rains on and off pretty much every day down here, except for where the resort we're at. But uh, it's very tropical. We can't wait to go uh, snorkel a little this afternoon, and we're going fishing tomorrow. Awesome, awesome, outstanding. So uh, you guys kind of kind of got to see the races yesterday. Uh, we'll just recap them real quick. Uh, at Churchill Downs, it was a big day. Of course, the Stephen Foster and the Florida Lee. And uh, first, we want to talk about Maxfield with a uh, powerhouse performance in the Stephen Foster. Don't think he faced a whole lot in there, but he did it. You know, he did it the way he was supposed to. I think he went off with maybe two to five, three to five, something like that. And, and he ran like it. Maxfield is probably one of the top five horses in training, I would think. And uh, uh, guys, any uh, any comments about the uh, performance by Maxfield for Brendan Walsh and Godolphin? It's pretty much what people expected, isn't it? I mean, I know it's what you expected. It's the majority. I think he opened up at one to five. The horse is an equine tank. I think we all know that. Uh, again, it wasn't the toughest Stephen Foster field once you got past the winter. I thought uh, Warriors Charge ran a surprisingly good race coming from off the pace a bit. And, and, and our buddy Tom Drury got him a nice graded stakes place. It was Sprawl, who, who actually ran okay, considering he ran against a tank. But Maxfield is an absolute player come Breeders' Cup Classic time. I mean, I, Brendan Walsh has to be just thrilled to the to the gills with that performance yesterday. It's exactly what you needed. Yeah, I thought when Maxfield maybe made the turn coming home, like going five wide, I mean, he ranged up. And to do that, I mean, it's just always so impressive. And it just was a dominating final turn and final turn of foot. I mean, once he did that, you kind of saw the monster in him come out. And he, he finished very easily coming home down the stretch. And, uh, yeah, congrats to them. The horse is doing great on uh, the Churchill Downs track. I think is it four for four or three for three there? Uh, I can't remember. He's like seven for eight lifetime as well. Yeah, yeah, I've been fortunate. Yeah. Every time he's won, I've uh, I've made quite a bit of money off of him. I've been very his maiden his maiden breaker. I remember was was a really good day and such. So I've got a bit of a soft spot 
for Max Field, and I'm glad to see that he's finally getting the, the getting the uh, credentials that he deserved. He got kind of a little uh, sideline side with a few different things, but again, this horse is a player come classic time. And then we have yeah. to talk about. I'm sorry, Brandon. Go ahead. Yeah, and congrats to Tom and and his team too. They uh, Sprawl did a great job. I mean, I set the pace, I believe, and and still had something left if to get that third. So congrats Agreed. to that team and, and to Brad Cox as well. And uh, another impressive performance, of course, was Latruska, a surprise entrance in the uh, Fleur de Lis. And uh, she went wire to wire, a little, a little disappointed in the, uh, the tactics of some of the other riders there. I thought they may have tried to, should have put a little pressure on Latruska instead of handing the race to her on a silver platter. But uh, Latruska still had to go out and do and win the race. And she certainly did that impressively. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, uh, my phone froze up. My phone froze up during that race, so I didn't know what was going on and such. Like, you know, I'm driving driving through Alabama. And uh, so I, I I was really hoping on Vitant one. Saw she broke on top. Then the, the, my phone unfreeze, and I see the truth goes all on in front. So I'm going to presume she ran a monster race. And she is a monster, so... Churchill was fortunate to see two dominant, dominant horses yesterday. Yeah, totally agree. Latruska, I mean, definitely the top of that class. And uh, we all were kind of thinking there was going to be a bounce, but, man, it didn't happen at all. She just bounced past all the competition. I mean, really showed her class being so far out in front and, and finishing with ease. I'll tell you and, what, uh, well, well, I, I'd like to mention real quick, the set piece brings it every time. In the wide band, set piece brings it every time. The horse is just on top of the game for a while, as we hear a seagull in the background of Granada. And uh, one, I want to make a one quick note. Our buddy uh, CC Brandon has been pegging Navratilova for a couple of weeks now. He pegged it to me last week. Pegged on the pod the other day. And Navratilova for Rusty Arnold, uh, the center court baby, uh, was uh, impressive and went in the last race of Teppin. And shout out to CC on one hell of a picket. I don't know, nine or ten to one. Is that right, CC? Nine to one. That's why you listen to the podcast. We 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 try to try to win races. We That's all we do. We don't pretend to be experts. We don't pretend to be. Uh, but we we'll talk you through some races. Sometimes we're going to be wrong. Sometimes we're going to be right. CC was dead on the money with that one and stuff. So we enjoy doing this. We hope that our, our followers uh, uh, enjoy listening once in a while. Every once in a while, you know, the light goes on and you know things go well. So let's turn our sights to the peak patch ellis park opens today and they've got an eight race card uh first half of the card's not very palatable the <laughs> no second half of the card is is very interesting very competitive uh first of all let's just talk about ellis park real quick what what do you like and what do you dislike about ellis park alan i like the fact that it's number one kentucky racing it fills a void in the calendar uh, for those of us who are fans of Kentucky racing, I am unapologetically and undeniably a fan of Kentucky racing. That's where my bread and butter is. And Ellis Park fills that void. There's plenty. It's bucolic. It sits out there in the middle of almost farmland. It's a fun place to go to. People like myself. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic trip. There's plenty of good turf racing. The racing does have a tendency to tail off the second half of the meet, but uh, if, if you're like me and you, the Kentucky jockeys go up there, the, the racing has gotten better. I'm a fan, and uh, that's one of the reasons we're doing this on this Sunday morning from across the globe, because we wanted to give Ellis Park their due. 
Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a destination track for sure. But yeah. with Churchill shutting down the turf course and redoing that, I mean, all those horses have to go somewhere. Right. Uh, the whole backside's going to be, you know, shut down. And uh, I tell you, they're going to have a lot of talent on those on those cards, you know, later on in, in their their uh, their season here. So and the, and the two-year-old racing the lookout. Is, is the two-year-old racing produces really good horses. The two-year-old racing has really upgraded last several years. So uh, I make no bones about it. I'm a fan of Earl's Park, but I'm a fan of all the Kentucky tracks. So that's why we're doing this today, so we can uh, talk about their their opening day card a little bit. Yeah, fifty thousand dollar maiden special weight races, really fifty one thousand. So you know they've really come a long way. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, I, my favorite part of Ellis Park is just a, it's just a laid back rural track. You know, it's it, it's the kind of track that if if Bardstown, Kentucky had a had a racetrack, it would be Ellis Park. I'd be and Agreed. I'd be I'd be there every single day. So it's a it's a two and a half hour drive for me. But I'm going to try to make it at least once and hopefully twice. And when I do go, I usually I spend the weekend down there and just, just hang out. And it's, it's, it's just, it's not, it's not too country, but it's not too city either. So it's just kind of right in the middle. So, but uh, uh, looking I, forward to that. So let's, yeah. I'd like to add real quick that we have five Kentucky thoroughbred racetracks here. They all have their own little je ne sais quoi, their own little thing. They're all their own distinct and Ellis Park is definitely one of those, those five. I mean, I think you could make a case that all five have their own identity and such. And I'm a fan of all the, the uh, I'm a fan of all of them. So Ellis Park is is right there in the mix. So Gen- moving on. Genesee quoi? Is that is, is that a horse that's running today? <laughs> I think it's the name of those seagulls in the background we're hearing. I think that's the name of you. one of them. <laughs> all right. Well, let's. I, I will tell you they were fit. They're fishing. <laughs> so that's why they're diving after all the fish in the water right by us. I don't blame them. That's the life. <laughs> let's get right to it uh, we're going to cover the late pick five at ellis uh five six seven and eight uh, i cannot give out any picks if you want to follow my picks go to fatballguyracing.com or uh, talk to dan cronin and uh see what you can work out with him but, uh, as uh you'll find every major racetrack in the uh, in the country selections and analysis so uh uh, check him out if you get a chance. But we're going to talk about race five real quick here. Mile and the 16th on the turf. It's the maiden special weight. And the morning line favorite and likely favorite in the race is going to be number six, Pine Knoll. Brad Cox is shortly stable, ridden by Florent Giroux, who, who uh, is riding uh, the initial days of the Ellis Park beat. Alan, uh, give me, uh, give me uh, a winner here. And then I'm going to actually give out a long shot and uh that i like but uh we'll start with you alan who do you like in uh, race five uh before we get to that uh, as you mentioned the first four races are kind of eh, to be honest with you but there is a horse in the first race in a five horse field it's nine to five it's uh let me see here it's stri- is it strike no fear correct no i'm sorry have no fear they've got this horse nine to five second choice in the morning line if you got nine to five on this horse load up i mean i think the horse is gonna be favored at two to five three to five so that's just a little i think the morning line's off uh have no fear is nine to five dulcimer dame seven five. i fully expect have no fear to be favored and i expect the horse to win the race but that's kind of boring in a five horse opener so moving back on to the race five that you mentioned uh let's see race five I mean, the, the race, it starts with Pine Knoll for Brad Cox coming off a, a big uh, runner-up effort to El Cabong. I think that Rusty Arnold, is that right? El Cabong? Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's a good effort. 
I think there's five or six in here that can win this race. If you might want to go deep to try to, you know, I think that's the horse to beat. I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop anchor on the horse because there's several under here. The one I find interesting is Private Network for the aforementioned Brendan Walsh and Godolphin. I think horse went kind of off the rails a little bit, and uh, but last year showed talent. Was kind of heavily touted last year, and run a good race in her in uh, his debut. Uh, things went off the rail against Stage Raider at Keeneland, who is you know a really good racehorse. They brought him back on the turf, gave him a run through on the turf. Adam Bashitza's riding really well. I'd be willing to give Private Network a look in here, although I do believe Pine Knoll is the one to beat. You can even make a case. In a race where I might go five or six deep with uh, the maiden claimer for Brian Williamson at 20 to 1 off the moment. Granny gets a bad field last time, but that horse was rolling. Didn't have the best of trips. So if you're looking for a bomb to throw in your super factors or even to your pick for, I would give a look to off the moment. But uh, Pine Knoll's the one to beat. Private Network is the one I'm interested in. Well, you, you stole my thunder there. Of the moment is the, the long shot I like in here. You just had a really bad trip last early and then made a made a good run to get into contention and he flattened out late to finish fourth. That was just his second start. Williamson brings him along slowly. So I, mm-hmm. I would source to to uh, maybe maybe threat today and maybe get part of it. Uh, so Agreed. I would use him in a in a underneath super factor somehow. But there's some, there's that, some that other was one I was that you wanted to talk about. There's some others in there too. Edward Vaughn's a sneaky a trainer from overseas. He's got war across him here. I mean, you know, Chad Brown-Eclarevich coming to Ellis with the horse. So there's a lot of – and then Maker's got a first-time starter. There's a lot of ways you can go. But, you know, either spread, maybe maybe uh, look at those two long shots we just mentioned as a way to squeeze some tickets. Okay. Let's go to race six. Uh, it's made in special weight. Two-year-old fillies, uh, small field of seven. And the morning line favorite is number five, Freudian, for Brian Lynch, ridden by Declan Cannon. Billy comes off a second-place finish at Churchill going five-and-a-half, and she makes her second start here today. Who do you like, Alan? Nothing jumps off the page at me here. I mean, you know, you, there's all your your trainers, your two-year-old trainers in here in a seven-horse field. Uh, nothing stands out to me, to be honest. As Steve Asmussen has a Francisco Arietta riding for him. I'm not as familiar with this ownership, these owners that he uses here. So, uh, again, JL's Rocket with Bill Mott, that's the Frank Fletcher horse, uh, his stable. You, you've got to pay attention to that horse. It costs $750,000. So I guess I would probably lean in that direction or perhaps even with Brad Cox and Tap and Glow, the number four horse. Uh, hell, Kenny McPeak's got a daredevil in here. I don't have a strong opinion. I, I wish I did. I guess from a price standpoint, I might lean to JL's Rocket for Bill Mott because uh, the Frank Fletcher uh, horses like this do fire from time to time. But I don't know. There's five horses that can win the race. Uh, I feel really noncommittal, but that's where I'm at on this one. I'd probably just spread in this race. Brandon, we got, yeah. any, we got any steam on the yeah. break, Philly? Um, I've, I've seen it in the morning, but not not, not as, a, you know, as a, like three weeks I've been a little tied up with stuff, but uh, I, I thought it's it's definitely big dimension. The into mischief filly that's in this race it sold for seven hundred fifty thousand. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Graham's going to take them out. I mean, you get a six to one morning line on one of the hottest tires that, that's out there. But 
I think Freudian's really going to be tough to beat in this fight. Already having to start, debuted well. Uh, seeing Lynch's in the morning uh, at Churchill, I, I, I've seen a lot of him, and a lot of his horses really do look good. I don't think he's hit the toe quite so great at Churchill this meet, but maybe this is the one he's going after. So, But I think Freudian's probably my best bet today. Oh, really? I, I could see Freudian slip by this field. And I got a second best bet, but we'll wait for the card. <laughs> gotcha. You saw the pun I snuck in there, didn't you? Didn't you there, CC? No, I didn't. I'm you sorry. Didn't, oh, well, I'm sorry. You didn't see me uh, throwing a Freudian slip in there? Oh. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, so, moving. race seven. Uh, it's a lounge race, A other than mile on the turf. And this is wide open. I don't care what mm-hmm. you this, this bad boy is wide open. Number five continuation for Dane Kabiski and Joe Rocco, who comes off a big-time maiden breaker in his ninth start, went wire to wire, is the 7-2 morning line favorite. Looks like he is making his turf debut. What do you think? I would agree with the wide open sentiment that you have. Sometimes these, and sometimes these Ellis maiden uh, allowance races can provide some chaotic results but i'm gonna focus on three horses here that's all i'm gonna use three horses and there's one i'm gonna lean on the most and that is the uh win true the two horse went true that's what i'm gonna lean on uh eight to one in the morning line i'm not sure that's gonna quite hold it might be more along the lines of five or six to one this horse is a two-time winner used to be trained by brad cox i'm gonna toss the last race because the horse was uh, hung hopelessly wide on the outside and had to go up and battle early Against a pretty solid field, Scarlet Fusion, a credit ran yesterday, or was supposed to run yesterday in the stakes race. Uh, I thought that was a deep field that she came out of. Was able to still split the field from the outside post. Uh, Going to get a much better uh, draw today, much softer competition. I look for Wintrue to run much better. The other two that I would lean on, even though Money for Mischief is always sneaky, Juan Cano is always sneaky. So this horse is in here a dirt horse. But I also want to use uh, Uncapped. Jason Cook because I thought that horse came up a decent claiming race and was and was almost gone but got run down by a really nice stage ready so I would want to use uncapped as a B and perhaps reprobate as a B for Brian Lynch because there's a little back class in this horse and it's a first start for Brian Lynch after race for Neil Drysdale at six to one that's that's intriguing to me but again Wintrude's the one I would uh, would be my A in the race the number two horse Alan, you touched on it on Ripperbait. I, I think this Lynch horse could could really have a shot. The only thing I don't like about it is Julian's taking them out. <laughs> I, I, I think on turf at Churchill, watching Julian ride, it's been he gives up a lot of position and uh, he's lacking that aggressive you know move unless he's got the dominant horse. So uh, th- that's my only knock about that. But I'm definitely going to play that, and I like Wintrue a lot as well to go against that continuation, the, you know, a, a good favorite in this race. So, but like CC said, it's pretty much wide open, but I want to see Lynch do something here. Yeah. I, I, Lynch has made me some money this year. I'm, I'm, I'm a developing to a much bigger fan of Brian Lynch. So I've, I've got to throw the horse on a ticket, but yeah, I can see when trying to punch the gas and try to wire him, but who knows how the turf course is going to play on this, uh, this early in the meet. We'll find out. Maybe we'll find out a little bit more today. I'm looking at the scratches right now. If, if this is correct, there's no scratches in the last four races. That can't be right. And anyway, 
That, there's no way that could be right because there's a horse in the last race that we're going to talk about. This ran the a, other day. Yeah, ran Friday, I think. Mile and 16th, maiden special weight on the turf for three and up. Number nine, our integrity ran on Friday. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, so, it is. Surely, they, surely not going to run him back. Uh, the favorite on the morning line is number four. There goes Harvard making his turf debut for Mike McCarthy. Michael McCarthy adding blinkers. Last time, last scene, he dumped the rider coming out of the gate at Churchill going a flat mile. Uh, this is just my opinion. I think this favorite is vulnerable. Not even sure that he'll be the favorite. Uh, sometimes the morning lines at Ellis are wacky, but, uh, I think we have a chance to beat this horse. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I would say that my best bet is to have no fear in the first race, but that's boring. I would say if, if I had to throw out a quote unquote best bet, it would be in this race. And it's a horse with a bad morning line. And that's the number three horse, National Road, at 12 to 1. There's no way you're getting 12 to 1 on this horse. One thing, it's Brad Cox, Florent Drew, and Godolphin. The horse broke from the 11 hole in, in an upper crust uh, maiden claiming uh, race on the turf at Ellis. I think Tyler was on the horse that day and broke from the 11 hole. And I thought the horse was a winner. Shot to the lead down the stretch, I think got run down by a class dropper named In Effect. It got run down right at the wire. I think that horse had a shoe repair before the race, too, if I'm not mistaken, that day. So I think they've been waiting for this horse to uh, to pop up, to perk up. Once they put it on the turf, it did. And I would not let the bump from 75,000 to straight main and else bother me at all. This horse draws much better, gets the three-hole, loses Gaffleone, gets Drew. I'm okay with that at Ellis Park. Uh, this is the horse I'm going to single. Uh, in a uh, pick four, pick five. It's it's National Road. I think there was a couple here that could beat him. I think uh, I think there, there goes Harvard theoretically could run well. Rustler theoretically could run well. Uh, I think Cool Rags is probably the most the one I would want to have as a backup or even a, uh, for Eric Foster. This horse ran second to Burrow at Churchill. Burrow's a really nice, uh, let's say Joe Sharp or no Brad Cox horse uh, off the claim. And then followed up with another good performance of the aforementioned El Cabong and Pino. So I think that horse is a really solid second choice. I like the way Awakened kind of improved last time on the rail for Reed McGahee. So Awakened and Cool Rags are my alternate. But the one I'm going to uh, stake my claim on today from the beach is National Road at a silly-ass 12-1. to 1. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I have it on some good authority, even from down here. Uh, from a message back to home that there goes Harvard is going to be on today as long oh, as it really? doesn't ditch the rider. Yeah. Well, then so, I'm just going to upgrade my selections then. Okay. Yeah, I'm going against kind of the, the vulnerable favorite that you all have mentioned because I'm going to single this horse. I'm going to do two different pick fours, obviously. I think the seventh could be wide open or the six if we got a price. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to take there goes Harvard to get blinkers on. Uh, Talamo on the mount, so it's definitely different from Tyler, uh, who got ditched last out. I think it was Tyler Gaffleon because I remember it. And, yeah, that's uh, when he got hurt on, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think a long shot play, you know, we got to give props to Miguel Mena. That guy's mm-hmm. going to show up some point in the card because he loves Ellis, so I think Cool Rags has got, like, a long shot play, and that's kind of where I'm falling on. I think, you know, definitely Brad, uh, his 
the narrow loss in the first try at Churchill was really good too. So uh, those are three, but I, I am going to single. There goes Harvard. That's that's good information, folks. Because I know Brandon is uh, in touch with some of those folks. If they like that horse more, I will upgrade. There goes Harbor a little more. I'm still going to stay with National Road, but his information on There Goes Harbor has me looking a little uh, stronger at uh, a guy I respect a lot, Mike McCarthy. So that's good to note. And we'll talk about National Road real quick. Uh, that that last race, I want to talk about the horse that beat him. In effect, was near the back of the pack early. Yeah, and like launched a half mile, launched a rally about a half mile out, and was like five wide coming off the turn, and and just kept coming and coming and coming. I don't know if that means he's a he's a uh, a player going forward in some of these lounge races, or if the if the field was bad. So the field wasn't great. I'm going to tell you that, but it was a, it was a steep field. Yeah. National yeah, Road galloped out really well. He, he galloped yeah. out after that. He, he galloped out way better than in effect. I, I saw that. A, it was a great. It was a great ride by Tyler that day from the eleven hole, which he had a lot of great rides at Churchill. He stayed ground and he blitzed uh, about midway through the pack down the stretch and just got outrun by a horse that was just going better in in effect. But I think that's Jack Jack Sisterson. So uh, yeah, uh, it was a great ride by Tyler, but I think. You know, obviously they're making the right move with this horse. Just get him out of claiming company, put him in protecting the special weight company, and keep him back on the turf. So, anyway, fun, All right. fun second half of the Ellis card. Absolutely, yeah, it's definitely worth a play. You can play it without spending a whole lot of money too. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Right. Totally so agree. That, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll cut this one off here. We're at the 25 minute mark, just about. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us. Uh, of course, Alan, like says, in Florida. And Brandon, somewhere in the uh, in Central America, we hope he will send lawyers, guns, and money, pal. <laughs> you need any help? I got one lawyer already here. Well, there you go. Well, you got, got the money. We'll just send the guns. How about that? Yeah, good. <laughs> Sounds like he needs them. All, All right, right, guys. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck at so uh, Ellis Park. And uh, like I said, uh, we'll we'll have another podcast later in the week and. Uh, uh, you guys be safe and enjoy your week, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. You got it, brother. <laughs>